Hey, hello, I'm Justin Bell Guarini, CEO and founder of Live to Perform, and you are listening to the Warrior Artist Podcast. Today's episode is titled Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Kick back, relax, and enjoy the show. As artists, we work years, decades, sometimes our entire lives honing our craft, trying to become masters. And yet it's all for moments, for a great audition, for a great performance, for a great run in a show. But what happens in between those moments? We are doing battle every single day with ourselves and with the industry and with all the things going on in our lives. But the real question is, how do we prepare our minds, our spirits, our bodies, and our business sense to do battle and to win on the battlefield of our artistry? The Warrior Artist Podcast answers those questions and a whole lot more. I'm Justin Belguarini, and you're listening to The Warrior Artist Podcast. About eight months ago, I picked up this book by Robert Kiyosaki called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I highly suggest you read it. Now, let me back up a little bit. It's a business book, I would say, but it's not dry. He tells this really great story about how he had his father, uh, who he calls poor dad, and it sounds really insulting, but you'll see why in a minute. And then he had his best friend's father, who he called his rich dad. Now, his poor dad was not poor by any stretch of the imagination. He was a teacher. He was, I believe, tenured at a university uh, and made a decent living. And they were probably a middle-class family. And this was in Hawaii, where things are expensive anyway. And so his father had a certain set of principles and beliefs. And he was a teacher, and he believed that you should go to school and get a degree and get a good job. Whereas his best friend's father, who was called his rich dad, was a guy who owned uh, a very large company. Uh, it might have been a sugarcane company. And also, I'm not quite sure. I can't remember. It's been a while since I read it. But he owned a very large, very profitable company in Hawaii. And he had all these employees and, and all this. And that, his rich dad, had his own certain principles. You don't necessarily need to go to school in order to get a good job. You should have, you should own a job. You should have employees. You should do X, Y, and da, 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 this, that, and the other. And so the reason why I bring that up and the reason why I'm talking about that is because when I read this book, see, I've always had this really fun, artsy, creative brain. Obviously, I'm a performer. I'm an artist. It just is what it is. I've always been, you know, I, I, I remember sitting in high school in economics class and being like, why the heck am I here? What is any of this? And don't get me started on school, especially nowadays in terms of just, it's just busy work mostly. But I really felt like a fish out of water in most of my classes because they just had nothing to do with what I loved and was good at. And it wasn't until I went to college that I really started to get the classes that I felt were in line with the, the my talents. 
and my desires. So, um, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. So, uh, I picked up this book, and it's a business book. That's what I was saying. And I normally, I don't read business books. I think I picked this up maybe 12, 14 years ago is when I bought this book. And I was like, yeah, I should, I should definitely read this. You know, yeah, figure out my money and everything. Like, take care, you know, because I was, I was struggling at the time. That I knew that I needed to learn something about business and money and how to make it all work. But this book is not necessarily a business book like you would pick up and, and just be like, you know, dry as the Sahara Desert while reading it. It tells a very interesting story about Robert's rich dad and his poor dad and how the difference between their two mindsets and the way they operated made all of the difference in how much money they made, the joy that they had in their day-to-day -day life, the joy that they derived from their work, and the people that they were able to influence positively, the people they were able to help. And so I won't tell you the whole thing. You should definitely pick it up because it's a great read and it is an eye-opener. Because when I read this book, it just showed me how many, many of the things that I thought about money, the things that I thought about schooling and education, among other things, were the problem were what was keeping me from attaining the level of success, attaining the level of income that I knew that I deserved to have, that I most likely, like you, have worked very hard for, have paid a lot of money to attain these skills. You know, we're, we're, many of us are born with, with these talents and we're kind of good at it. And, and, but it's not until our parents or us or somebody sees, hey, you know what? I think we gotta, we're going to give this person a coach or give them lessons or give them something to help really deepen and train and develop these skills. And so in reading this book, I realized... And then in the second book, it really truly hit me that no matter how high I ascended as a performer, whether I was, you know, winning Tonys or you know, even the stuff that I've done, this national commercial that I do every single year, which I absolutely love and is a huge source of income for my family and I, for the six Broadway shows that I've been in, for the live red carpets that I do, for the hosting gigs, for the speaking engagements, for the coaching, well, not necessarily the coaching, but for everything else, I am just an employee. And in some cases, not only am I the employee, but I am treated like the hired help. Have you ever been treated that way? I bet you have where the people who have the power and or the money or are in charge treat you and me like we are just cattle at market to be bought and sold. They treat us like sometimes we're the goo on the bottom of their shoe. And if they don't like what we do, they just 
fire us or get rid of us and they find somebody else, one of another million people who are standing in line behind us who can do the same exact job to a greater or lesser degree. Have you ever felt that way? Because I know I certainly have. And it's not only just in performance, I mean, just in life or at your job or whatever your your quote-unquote survival job is. So, I realize that I am just a hired help. What do I do? Even, Even with the national commercial that I do when... The company says, okay, you know what? This, for whatever reason, we're, we're not going to do any more of these commercials. I'm out of a job. If the audiences don't come or the producers or whomever says, you know what? Uh, this Broadway show isn't really doing it anymore. Time to close it up. I'm out of a job. I'm not in control. I am just a hired gun. And boy, do we know what that feels like to be a hired gun, especially as performers and artists in the theatrical space. Woo! I bet you've got a hundred stories of feeling like that. I know I do. Well, the next book in this series, in Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad series, was something called The Cash Flow Quadrant. Now that sounds boring. But it isn't. It really isn't. Stick with me. The cash flow quadrant. Now, I was really good at geometry. So if some of you weren't good at geometry, I was uh, okay at math. But I was good at geometry because I could see it, because I could visualize. Now, us being artists, whether you're a dancer or a singer or an actor or all three or some variant of the three, I I think we all pretty pretty much have good imaginations, okay? So I'm going to ask you to use your imagination. And if it's a bit challenging for you, just stick with me. I'm going to help you out. And if you're not driving or operating some sort of machinery or in a dangerous place, if you're in a safe place, maybe even take out a piece of paper and write this down, okay? So I want you to write down or imagine in your mind a plus sign. You know, simple one line down, one line across in the middle, plus. All right? Now, instead of seeing that as a plus, I want you to see it as two lines that break up four squares, okay? So there's a square on the top left, there's a square on the top right, square on the bottom left, a square on the bottom right. Sort of half of a tic-tac-toe game, right? And now that you have that in your mind or you have that on a piece of paper, and you see those four squares at the top left, in your mind or on the paper, I want you to put the letter E. E stands for employee. At the bottom left, I want you to put an S for self-employed. At the top right, a B for business owner. And the bottom right, I for investor. So it should read E, S from top left to top, I'm sorry, from top left to bottom left, E, S, top right, B, bottom right, I, E, S, B, I. Or if you want to go just left to right, it would be E, B on the top, S, I on the bottom. Okay, you got it. I won't, I won't dither on about it. So what that is, is the cash flow quadrant. And it's Robert Kiyosaki's way of showing the four different types of ways of earning money. E, 
at the top left is what most all of us have either been in or are still in. Most of the people you know are still and will forever be in the E, the employee quadrant. That is, I go to work, I work for a paycheck, I have a boss, I, that, and that's it. I can ascend to a manager position, but there's still somebody over top of me. I work for another business, or I work for a business owner, and I work for a paycheck. And that's the life most people in the world live in. Is there anything wrong with it? Absolutely not. We need employees, we need jobs, we need all those things. It's great. None of these things, just to say, none of this is wrong. There's nothing wrong with any of this. But if you truly want to ascend to a place of power, because the employee alone is rarely has any power, right? Because what are they going to do? You, you pipe up, you do something, you try and you rock the boat. They just throw you out of the boat and they put somebody else in your spot. Right? You're just an employee. You can be hired, you can be fired. You can go pound sand for all the, the people in power care. Because there's a bajillion of you and they just have to pluck one, two, or whatever, how many ever they need from the pool of people all going, please give me a job. And that's across any business in music theater, in theater, in, you know, fast food, anything, any business, Foot Locker. And so let's move down now to the, the bottom left, which is S for self-employed. Now this is the next level up in terms of ascension of power and more ability to control your destiny. Remember that employee has a limited scope of destiny in terms of controlling their destiny. If you want to take it in a uh, music theater perspective, it's like, okay, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get prepared for my audition performance and I'm going to go in and I'm going to give my best. And if I get hired, great. Okay, I get hired. It's just an interview like any other interview, right? Any other job interview. And they like you, boom, you get hired and then you have to work within the system of the show. You can't, if you're an ensemble member, uh, you have maybe an opportunity to understudy and then over, over time ascend to the lead or a lead or a swing or something like that, right? But even as the lead, when the show's over, the show's over, you're fired. <laughs> when you close, you close and you're done. It doesn't matter if you're the lead or the employee or the stage manager or whomever. When the show's done, you're done. So now, moving back down <clears throat> into the S for the self-employed. Now, this is your mom and pop shop. This is your side hustle, if you will. A lot of people will do network marketing things like uh, Mary Kay or uh, you know, selling these supplements or whatever it is. But people who are self-employed, let's take the mom and pop shop, you know, those, uh, and if you live in a small town or have ever lived in a small town or are lucky enough to have a beautiful local shop of some sort that someone owns that is not a corporate entity, then you will know that the self-employed people are, are usually just wonderful, but they're also really stressed out <laughs> because the business that they own 
usually owns them. Because without them running the shop, the business doesn't work. So let's take the mom and pop store. All right, a little grocery store, mom and pop, sort of corner store, bodega, whatever you want to call it. Especially in New York City. You go in, you see the same people working there. Usually it's in the same family working there, right? And yes, you are a business owner. You have significantly more responsibility than the employee. I'm sorry, you're a self-employed business uh, owner. And so you have more responsibility. You have to deal with all of the, the, if you have employees, whatever it is. I mean, usually it's just, it's just you're yourself, right? And so you have to deal with all the taxes and, and you have to make sure that the store opens and the store closes. And if you're selling supplements or you're selling Mary Kay, you're responsible for going out and getting the people and putting the Facebook lives up on the that, 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 that you're working, you're working, you're working, you're working, you're working. You are working. And in essence, in music theater, we fall somewhere in between those two places, right? We do all the time. We're employees, but we're also kind of self-employed. Some of us have taken the 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 onus on ourselves and said, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure that I'm, I'm going to school and I'm learning a trade or I'm doing something that is a fallback. Well, it's kind of like being self-employed right there, you know? It's that, uh, it's hazing, it's gray, and I, I just stick with me here. So, the self-employed has more power, has more ability to control their destiny than the employed person. But with that self-employment comes a a tremendous amount of stress. It's all on you. You can't just go like mom and pop can't go on vacation for a year and then come back and have the business not only be functioning the way it was when they left, but have the business grow and be better than when they left. It's rare. It can happen, but it's rare. Think about those people in those shops and how you've sometimes seen them harried and uh, 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 because it's all on their shoulders. Everything is on their shoulders. Now let's move over. I'm gonna wind it up here because I don't wanna get too deep into this. You can read the book if you wanna read it. But B, the business owner. Now this is the place where your CEOs, your producers, your directors, your people in power live. The people we work for in our shows, in our jobs, in our restaurants, in our whatever they would be, they all live over in the B quadrant, which is the top right quadrant. Those are the people who have at some point been an employee and then moved down to self-employment, opening their own sort of, you know, let's take a producer. A lot of producers will go work for another producer as an employee. Casting directors will be associate casting directors underneath a bigger casting director. And then over time, they will branch out into their own production entity, 
their own casting office, their own sort of, again, associate director into start directing their own shows. That is the self-employment right there, where it falls more on the sounds that it says, but it's a small office. I mean, how many times have you been in those small casting director offices where it's literally two rooms, it's the office and the place, or the waiting room and the place you audition, rather? And then, over time, given success and with the right skill sets and the right mindsets, they ascend to the top right quadrant, which is the business owner, which means the difference between being self-employed and a business owner is that you have employees. One of the differences anyways, that you have employees. And you have managers and you are not doing every single thing. You are not responsible. Ultimately, you are though responsible, but you are not responsible for the day-to-day minutia of things going on. So your director has an associate director that will do different tasks that the director doesn't need to focus on because the director's focused on the big picture. You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like Michael Scott and Jim in the office. Remember that? Like Michael Scott was dealing with the big picture and Jim was the day-to-day. Well, it's sort of the same thing. And a casting director, for example, has all these associate casting directors and they have secretarial uh, workers and, you know, people who clean the casting office and da 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 So that they can focus on the bigger things. And my encouragement to you is, and the reason why I, I bring all this up finally as I, I get to it about, you know, six hours into my podcast, is that I want to help you make the shift from employee to entrepreneur. Now, I've taken you through this whole concept of of Robert Kiyosaki's cash quadrant, the rich dad, poor dad, for a reason, so that you see the real businessy side of it. So that you begin to see the real businessy side of it. But instead of, I don't don't necessarily think that you ought to be a business owner, that may not be a, a thing for you. You may not want to have a business with employees and payroll taxes and all the other blah, 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 overhead that comes with that. I don't blame you. It is not for everyone. However, the reason why I brought that all up is because I want you to start making the shift in your mind from being just an actor or just a singer or just a dancer or just an artist to an actual business entity yourself. You are a business. And... Like a business, you need to run in a way that is efficient and that is well thought out and well planned out and you need to create a system that serves you. If you want to go from being the hired help to being one of the players that you look up to, one of the people who are successful, who are hitting it, who are the big fish. And now, mind you, you don't necessarily need to be the big fish. You know, there's only going to be so many Beyonce's in this world. I mean, there's only one Beyonce, let's be for real. But, you know, it's like you cannot be Sutton Foster. You cannot be Ben Platt. You cannot be these people. They are them. They have their own specific paths. But you can be you and you can operate at that level, maybe not in New York City, but in your town. 
You can be the big fish in the little pond. You do not need to be a super mega global star in order to be successful. It's statistically unlikely, but I'm not saying you can't have that. If that's what you want, do not allow me or anybody else to discourage you from that. But the beginnings of that and a much easier road to that is making a shift in your mindset and then in your skill sets from being an employee, someone who is begging for a job all the time, to an entrepreneur. Now, what is an entrepreneur? How do you define that? An entrepreneur is defined as a person who organizes and operates a business or businesses taking on greater than normal financial risks in order to do so. A person who organizes and operates a business or businesses taking on greater than normal financial risks in order to do so. (laughs) Taking on greater than normal financial risks to do so is like the story of our lives, isn't it? I mean, how many people had parents who kind of went, okay, when you told them that you wanted to be an artist? Yeah. Yeah. Not surprised. Happens to a lot of us. So a person who organizes and operates a business and if we are our own business, it's the business you ink. This is show business, right? It requires a shift in perspective and a shift in our mindsets and skill sets in order to truly harness the power that is within us. See, everybody goes around thinking, okay, I gotta, I gotta go, go, go get a job. I gotta go, go have a survival job and then I'm gonna audition and hopefully somebody's gonna hire me. And that works. That's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But I believe that you can achieve greater success in our business if you begin to run and operate yourself and think of yourself as a business from the financial perspective, from how you market yourself, from how you operate your skill sets. What are your skill sets? Where are they weak? Where do you need to strengthen them? What are the day-to-day operations? What time do you need to go to bed? What time do you need to get up? How much do you need to exercise? Do you have a warm-up? Are you flexible? Are you all those things like a business would do? And believe me, I hated business. I really did. I really, really, truly did. I've, I've always had this artsy brain, like I said in the beginning, but bringing it back around, I've always also had this really techie, logic brain. When it comes to my birthday and Christmas and stuff like that, people always know to buy me like techie gifts because I love it. I'm so into it. My stepfather was an electrical engineer and a physicist. He had two degrees, which is like, oh my God. But it's true. Doing math with him for my homework was like, being tortured because he's like this math genius and I was terrible at math. And he's like, what? No, what? he gets so frustrated with me, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. But he also taught me how to take things apart, how to put things together, how to fix things, literally how things work. And I'm fascinated by it. 
You taught me computer programming. You taught me all these cool things. But I've never, ever, ever, ever had the opportunity or the thought like, oh, I'm going to put my arts brain and my logic brain together. I thought that they were two very separate things, and I hated business. I was always like, you know what? I'm just going to be an artist, and I'm going to do what I do, and I'm going to leave all the businessy stuff to someone else, to my manager or my agent or my publicist. And if you are lucky enough to have a manager or an agent or a publicist or any combination of that, you, you'll know what I mean. Like, we just want to show up as artists and just do our thing. And, you know, let the accountants, the bean pushers, push the, the money around. And just, you know, I want to I make art. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thought. But it also is the thought that cages us and keeps us bound to the people who crap all over us at the drop of a hat. You know who I'm talking about. No, they're not all bad. But many of them are, and they are just, they just know that they can do what they do because they are in the position of power that they are in, and they, we, like cattle, are just numerous and able to be bought and sold at will. But if you want to be one of the players, if you want to be the big fish in your little pond, if you want to be the big fish in the big pond, the days of leaving it to someone else are over. It's done. It does not work. Or if it does work, it works much less efficiently. And it works in a way where, you know, look at all these people who are, who are extremely famous and who are paid. I mean, look at football players. Football players. The league minimum for the NFL is some $300,000. Most of the people who are making that are on the practice squads, which are basically like, and I don't mean to this in a bad way, but they're, they're like the, the, the dummies, the, 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 the players who are on the field and actually starting hit. Now, they're not dumb. You know what I'm saying here. They're the people who are the live bodies that the starters get to work with and work around. And those wonderful people who are the live bodies very often get to ascend to the starting squad or play on special teams or something. They are all valuable. Don't get me wrong. But those people are making $300,000 a season, a year for 16 weeks worth of work plus training camp. The superstars are making millions, some tens of millions a season. And do you know there's some staggering statistic out there? I think it's 40% or it's over, I might even be over 50%. A staggering percentage that you would not believe of football players who have made hundreds of thousands of dollars over a series of years end up when they are retired, when they are forced out because of injury, they end up broke. Hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. You, me, and everybody else would love to be making that kind of money, doing something fun and sportsy or whatever, like, you know? And consistently, but why do they end up being broke? because they do not run themselves like a business would run themselves, run itself rather. They leave it up to someone else or 
They think the money's just gonna keep coming forever and they spend and they spend and they spend and they don't track. I mean, I could go, I could go deep into, and I think I might do it, maybe on the next podcast. You know, run yourself like a business. Let's go deep into the, or not deep into, but just like the, the, what is it that we need to do in order to run ourselves like a business? But I almost don't want to do it because I want to see what you do. I'll give you the clues. The clues are here. Rich dad, poor dad, big one, big clue. Get the ebook. I mean, again, I have no financial stake in this. I really just want to see you be successful and I want you to understand and I want it to, the wave of realization to crash over you like it crashed over me that we are just the hired help. And until we develop our skill sets and our mindsets and start to treat ourselves like we are a business, because that's exactly what we are, it's you Inc. We are never going to achieve the success that we deserve and that we have worked our fannies off to get. Or worked our fannies off to have the shot at. So, I'm going to wrap this up here and just start with one tenet of what it takes to start to shift your mindset from employee to entrepreneur, and that is the mission statement. One of the first things that you do when you are creating a new business is you define your mission statement. Now, let's define what mission statement is. Mission statement is a formal summary of the aims and values of a company, organization, or individual. A mission statement is a formal summary of the aims, where you're going, your target, and the values, what you believe in, what you hold dear, of a company, organization, or individual. So my question to you here with this podcast is what is your mission statement? Where are you going? Where are you going, not just in general, but I wanna know where you're going in the next six months. I wanna go know where you're going in the next year. I want you, I rather, you, I mean, you can tell me, you can email me at Justin, at Justin, uh, at uh, I live to perform.com. But for you, where are you going in the next six months? Between now and the next six months, where are you going to be at that six month marker? Where are you going to be at that year marker? Where are you going to be at that two year marker? And where are you going to be at that three year marker? Why is this important? Clarity is power. Being clear, getting clear about where it is that you are going is one of the most important things that you can do. You would not drive from New York City to Los Angeles Oh, oh, well, I would just say, uh, I got ahead of myself. You wouldn't drive from New York City and just wander around the country without your phone or GPS or a map or anything like that, hoping that you would get to Los Angeles at some point. Because that's what we do, isn't it? Oh, you know, I hope I'm going to be on Broadway. I really would love to be on Broadway someday. I'd love to uh, win an award someday. I'd love to get, and it doesn't necessarily have to be Broadway. I'd love to be... Uh, uh, 
you know, singer, dancer, actor in my, the big regional theater, you know, in my town. And those are great. Those are great. I'd love to just be rich and famous. That's, that's the real common one. I just want to be rich and famous. I think it was Jim Carrey who said, I wish everybody could be rich and famous for like a week or even a day because then they realize that they don't want to be rich and famous. And take it from me, I've been rich and famous. You do not want to be rich and famous. That is not what you are after. Many of the rich and famous people that you and I know are miserable. Many of them ended up dead because of their richness and their famousness. Too much money, not enough sense is what I like to say. But I, I, I'm, I've gone off on a tangent. So, clarity is power. What is your mission statement? So I would encourage you to write it out. Where are you going in the next six months, in the next year, in the next two years, in the next three years? And it can be as fantastic as you want it to be. There are no limits here. You know, it's like if you were to say, I'm going to go on a mission to Mars in six months. I mean, okay, that's going to take years worth of training. I mean, let's not be, you know, let's be reasonable. But if you are in a small town right now listening to this, there is absolutely no reason why it is not possible that in a year you could be in New York City and be in a Broadway show or two years, or three years from now. It's possible. And in another podcast, we'll get to the sort of the, the, the meat and bones of how we can begin to create the path. But in other podcasts, I've said, look, you know, you got to have your your targets, but you got to go out and you got to hit singles every single day. In six months or in that year or that two years, it's not going to happen overnight. You have to work every single day, but it's like a business. You just build it brick by brick, sometimes brick by boring brick, as Paramore would say. But ultimately, at the end of the day, as you build brick by brick, step by step, every single day, you get closer and closer and closer and closer to your target, to your aim. And when you are clear about your aims, what you believe in, and your values, what you hold dear, and where you're going, rather, for your aims, then it is much easier to get there. Hold that vision in your mind and every day take one baby step towards it. Some days you will take a leap. Most days you will take a baby step. Some days you will even take three or four steps backwards. But if you hold that vision in your mind and you really start to train yourself to move forward and to grow and to expand every single day and to shift your mindset from being an employee to an entrepreneur, guarantee you, you will see amazing changes in your life. It is not, it's simple, but it's not easy. And it is not the road for everyone. But if you can dig deep every single day and begin to see yourself like a business, and I double dog dare you to look up what it takes 
to start a business and see how you can adjust those things to your artistic life. Obviously, you're not going to go buy an office <laughs> or a space with from which to sell yourself, quote unquote. But a funny thing happens when you start to shift your mindset to a more entrepreneurial mindset. When you start to see yourself as a business as opposed to an employee, someone begging to work for someone else's business, although we all have to do it, nothing wrong with that. But you begin to see things dropped in your lap, come into your life that are opportunities for you to learn and to grow. And when you pick up, if you pick up Rich Dad, Poor Dad and read it, read that one first. And then you pick up Cash Flow Quadrant, which is a little bit more businessy, but it's so worth it. Because it pulls the wool off of our eyes. It shows us who's really been in charge and how they have been keeping us down using the things that we love to do it. And how they and we have participated in this culture of being less than we are, of accepting less than we deserve. I challenge you. Attempt to shift your mindset from employee to entrepreneur and see what happens. And the first step is to write your mission statement. What is it that you value? What is it that you believe? And what are your targets? Not goals, but your targets that you are going to aim at and that you are going to do everything you can to hit every single day and to march foot by foot, inch by inch towards six months, one year, two years, three years. And take the clarity of purpose and turn that into power that gets you there day by day by day by day by day. And sometimes you might not I mean, you might not get to ultimately where you think you're supposed to be going, but along the way, something will happen that will show you the other path to go to. Uh, I'm, I'm running long here, but I'm going to wind this up because I could just yammer about this all day long because I'm very passionate about it. So, mission statement. Helping to shift your mindset from employee to entrepreneur. That's all I've got for you today. Whew. This is a long one, clocking in at 40 some odd minutes, but I hope you stuck with me. Again, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, anything at all, you can always email me at justin at ilivetoperform.com. Justin at I-L-I-V-E-T-O-P-E-R-F-O-R-M.com. Whew. Shift your mindset. Shift your skill sets. And see what happens. <laughs>